Bible there with you. Go with me to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. And again, if you're tuning in live right now or you're in person right now, you have the opportunity to share this live feed, please do so. Um, I know that it's going to be a tremendous blessing for your life. Again, it is 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 17. I start a new series tonight, something that God has just kind of sped up on time. I, I kind of had this to start in February. Um, but Monday night, I just felt a steering up of the spirit and God just pushing me to go ahead on it. And so Sunday, uh, this Wednesday night today, I start on it. This Sunday, I will continue on the second portion of this so that our Sundayers have a taste of what is happening on Wednesday for us. And so invite somebody here Sunday uh, morning uh, so that they'll be back on Wednesday night for the continuance of this repeat um, series. And so um, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 17 reads like this. It says, therefore, if any person is engrafted, I'm reading from the amplified version. If any person is engrafted in Christ, the Messiah, he is a new creation, a new creature altogether. The old previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away. Behold, the fresh and new has come. Again, I read that. It says, therefore, if any person is engrafted in Christ, the Messiah, he is a what? He is a new creation. Emphasizing a new creature altogether. The old, previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away. And behold, the fresh and new has come. I want to just give you a summary of, our, of this new series. And it goes as follows. You know, I believe that every believer, every Christian is faced with the continual reminder that the old has passed and the new has come. We're faced with it daily. I just think that we do not offer as much as time needed for the Holy Spirit to work in that vital area of our lives. Truly, we acknowledge the everyday struggle of it. You know, we acknowledge the emotional and habitual uh, triggers that remind us of who we were, where we were. And at the times that we fail, what we do not want to go back to, in those moments we are reminded that the old has passed and the new has come. It reminds us of what we were and what we don't want to go back to in our lives. You know, the, the repeat series will in fact shine a light on the things in our lives that we have kept salvaged from our past. I want just... I was just thinking about this, and I mentioned it to a couple of brothers in the church, but I said, you know, when we have come to the Lord Jesus Christ, many of us, we want to salvage the past. We want to keep the past salvaged and nitpick through all of the past to see what we can keep out of the bunch. When in reality, God is just throwing away everything and starting a fresh start from there. We have to get this into our spirits because you cannot come to God bringing a bag of your old stuff and saying, God, what can we salvage? No, when it means that the old has passed and the new has come, that means that from that moment on, there is a spiritual regeneration that happens in the life of the believer. Nothing can be salvaged. Now check this out. Maybe along the way in your spiritual life, you're reminded of maybe a good trait and a good attribute of what you learned before you came to know the Lord Jesus Christ. But I would rather the Lord bring it back to memory than for me to keep the past in my life with everything else that shouldn't stay. You see, and, and this, this is where the believers need to understand. Look at this. As we come in to, to meet the Lord Jesus Christ, remove it all. Let it all go. Start all over in the Lord. Now, there will be things that the Lord will bring to remembrance that was Him in the past that is in your life. And you'll be able to thank Him and say, you know what, Lord, yeah, you know what, I was a good, humorous person. I, you know, I love to make people laugh. 
you know, but, you know, if you kept that humor and that funny, you know, spirit and that joy that you had in the world and you brought it from the world with you, you would have brought all the nasty jokes with you. You would have brought all the uh, 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 bad jokes with you, all of the bad sayings with you to make people laugh. You would, there would have been a confusion. And so I want you to just understand this. Now that we are in Christ, the old has passed away and behold, the new has come now. And, and we have to start getting to that place where we release the past in all as it is. Understand this. The Lord says, come as you are. And from that point on, God is going to say, okay, now a new birth has happened in your life. From this point on, a regeneration takes place. So we try to salvage things from our past. The undoubt issues of our past. The baggage that we forcefully yet willingly carried past the point of welcoming Jesus Christ into our hearts till now. You know, as a pastor, I desire for each and every one of you to thrive in your relationship with Christ. I truly desire for each and every one of you to reach freedom that only in Christ you can have. Only in Christ you can have that freedom. You can only achieve that freedom in Jesus Christ. You know, and this series is designed with the ultimate purpose of embracing frailty through the lens of God's grace. Embracing frailty through the lens of God's grace and acceptance that where we are still living on repeat, we got to come to God. There needs to be transparency. You see, seeking God without embarrassment, that's where we need to come to in our, our faith. Seeking God without embarrassment. Seeking God without putting your head down in shame. Seeking God and saying, you know, there's things in my life that, you know, I brought from the world and they need to end now in Christ. And not feeling ashamed about it. Not feeling uh, uh, broken about it. Not feeling as if you can't, you can't be what you are in that moment so that God's grace can do a work in your life. There cannot be embarrassment. We cannot be afraid of looking at what we are before a holy God. Yeah. Let me say that again. We cannot be afraid of looking at what we are at this moment before a holy God. Remember this, church. True grace at the point of true transparency does not reject. Let me say that again. True grace at the point of true transparency does not reject. On the contrary, it receives. This series will challenge your spiritual successes, not your spiritual failures. It'll challenge your spiritual successes. And I'm going to tell you why it'll challenge your successes. Because before God, we must become undone. Before God, you are nothing. We got to get to that place where we are nothing before God. We are undone before the presence of the Lord. I mean, all of your successes, they are rags before Christ. All of your successes is garbage before Christ. When it comes to the worth of knowing Jesus Christ, our Savior, that is what Paul preached to us. And, you know, we have to understand this. True grace at the point of true transparency, again, will not reject you. Just in case the spirit of condemnation wants to slip right back in to your life, I pray that true transparency at that grace point, you would feel receivement instead of rejection in the Lord. Isaiah stated in the sixth chapter of the verse five, he stated like this. He said, then said I, woe is me, woe is me, for I am undone, he said, because I am a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips, for mine eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. We got to get to a place where we are undone, just like Isaiah was before the king, the Lord of hosts. We got to get to that place where there is no diamond on your finger. There is no achievement in your life. There is no money in your bank. We got to get to that place where there is no car. There is no mansion. There is no stature. There is no look at from society. There is no success in your life that can not be undone before the Lord. It all has to be undone before God. We are before the Lord just as we are naked without any fig leaves. 
We stand before God. The problem with Adam putting fig leaves, dressing himself with fig leaves, and God saying, I, you know, who told you that you were naked? In other words, he was telling Adam, why are you trying to put something on yourself that, that I can cover only? Grace is not what we make it. Grace is what we receive from God. We got to start getting to a place where we're no longer afraid to look at God in his holiness, in our frailty. I want to deal with what is holding you back in your relationship with God. Let's talk about it. Let's deal with it. I want to hand the mic to where your spirit is crying out for help. I want to hand the mic to where your spirit is crying out for help, where your spirit is crying out for deliverance, where your spirit is crying out for freedom. I want to, I want to hand the mic to where you're saying, I don't want to hide this no more. And then when we reveal it all and it comes out to light, that there would be no spirit of condemnation, that you would feel free in the presence of the Lord to say, God, I'm here, I'm right here, God. Work on my spirit, work on my heart, work on my mind as a person, as a man, as a woman, in our marriage, you know, in my family, in my children. God, I just want it just as it is, Lord. I'm tired of this, this image that we're trying to create about evangelicals. I don't want to title myself an evangelical because it places a pressure of perfection. All I want to say is that I'm a child of God that is saved by grace. That I'm saved by grace. Nothing more, nothing less. No more hiding it. No more concealing it. No more excusing it. No more ignoring it. And might I add, listen carefully. When one is truly seeking freedom from bondage, take this into consideration. That person cry is no longer a venting anymore. But a desperation for change, committing to a new life. I pray that you would stop venting and that you would start committing. There comes a point in time where all we want to do is vent and vent and vent and vent because venting has no resolution. Repeat deals with saying, I can no longer vent anymore. I got to come to a resolution in my faith. I need to come to an answer in my faith. I need to come to some, some, some decisions in my walk. Finally, moving forward is something we can't buy, church. It is realizing where we are stuck. Where we are in need of freedom. In the repeat series will encourage you to freedom through familial hindrances. The repeat series will bring freedom, encourage you to freedom through past life habits. Come on, somebody, you ought to feel convicted right now because we're good at putting the front up. Right? We get a couple of, a, of successes in our spiritual walk and we start saying, I don't got no more things wrong in my life. It's not that you don't have nothing wrong anymore in your life uh, anymore. It's that you, you've come to a comfortable place where the people that are around you can no longer see the intimate things. But I just want you to know something. God can still see those intimate things. God can still see those deep hurts and wounds in your life. And as much as we try to hide it, we're still going to be haunted by it every season. Every time we pass by something that reminds us. Every time we pass by a billboard that causes a reminder of our struggle in that very moment we're we're going to be reminded that we need deliverance in that place. And you can either go on continuing your life with your own strength, by power and by might. Or you can continue to trust in horses and in chariots and in kings. Or you can put your trust in the Lord of hosts, God Almighty, who He can only set you free from the hindrances of your life. Understand this, church. The repeat series will, will encourage you to freedom through familial hindrances. I want them to come out. I want you to deal with them. I want you to deal with the spirit of rejection. I want you to deal with that spirit of anger. I want you to deal with that spirit of hurt in your life. Because, because 2021 is going to be a year of blessing. You can't stay there anymore. Something needs to change. You need to take the repeat button off your life. The past life habits. Hurts that have not found biblical healing and closure in your life. But more than anything, the freedom from stigmas, 
those marks of disgrace that pertain to your past, that haunt you and follow closely, condemning right, condemning you right back into bondage. I rebuke that spirit of bondage and condemnation. I rebuke that spirit of condemnation. You can't live condemned no more. You say, Pastor, I don't love to live condemned. I don't like to live condemned. Well, it's going to be found and just pushing the repeat, but take it off already. Making that decision to say, and what? This is the way it is. God, I'm right here. Come me before God undone. Say, this is what it is, God. I need you to work in my life. I am serious. I'm ready for this, God. I can't do this repeat life no more. I got to push that repeat button. Take it off already. You know, what's interesting is because, you know, sometimes I'll have, I'm busy driving or I'm, you know, in the mode, I'm studying, and I don't even realize that a song's on repeat. It's when I get disfocused and I start realizing I want to listen to something that I say in my mind, man, this song, if I'm correct, this song's already played like 10 times already. That's the way repeat works in our lives and hindrances. We're so focused on the exterior things in our lives that we forget something's replaying over and over and over and over and over. Then we get to a place of revival where God says, I want to set you free. And then all of a sudden you say, man, that is true. Because for the last 10 years, this has been on repeat. So that means that my spiritual success has blinded me of where I needed God to deliver me at. Became blinded by what I was doing right where I still needed God to set me free at. I want to just talk to you this first section titled intervention. That's what we need. We need intervention. I want to share with you in this first part of the repeat series about where freedom begins. And I begin with a quote from C.S. Lewis. Write this down, remember it, however you see fit, but it goes like this, very good quote. It says, it is when we notice the dirt that God is most present in our, us, in, our, in our lives. It is the very sign of his presence. Again, it is when we notice the dirt that God is most present in us. For it is the very sign of his presence. You know, I believe that many times we place God within the realm of same understanding. That we and our humanity are limited to. We try to place God in this realm of understanding that in our humanity we are limited to, subject to. And I'm talking about your transparency. I want to just give you a, a more clear perspective of what uh, a transparency means. So that going forward from here your life would never be the same. Understand this. When I speak the word transparency, what do you think? How do you relate this trait to your faith life? I believe that this is the one particular place in our lives that we feel we're still in control of. Our transparency. This is the one place when I speak transparency and you start thinking about the word transparency, you start automatically thinking, I'm not going to deny it. I'm going to say that's 100% for every single one of us until this point. The word transparency brings a spirit of pride because we feel as if we're still in control of transparency. Did you know that you are not even in control of your transparency? And I'm going to tell you why. We have the wrong impression of transparency. And what do I mean by this? You see, when we are reading the Bible or when we are in prayer... Or when we hear something that convicts us in our spirit or notice things where we need to change in our lives spiritually, it is a call for transparency. Amen? It's a call for transparency, but not in the sense of what you just realized. God doesn't know, so will I tell him? You see, when I'm feeling the need to be transparent, it is not for me to say, I just realized something about my spiritual life. Now, uh, I don't know if God knows, uh, should I tell him? No, the spirit of transparency that you just felt, that conviction of the Holy Spirit, is actually the spirit of God in you. 
That is why there is nothing that God does not know in our being. And so you have to understand this, that every moment you are convicted, it is a, a possibility of intervention of the Holy Ghost. Every time you feel convicted, every time something presses on your spirit and you say, man, that does not feel right. That is an intervention of the Holy Spirit in your life. That is what you call the spirit of God telling you it is not OK. Now, when you when you figure it out and you say, you know, uh, I Lord this this, I know that this is not right in my life. You should never say, should I be transparent before God? Oh, you better believe, you better drop down on your knees and, and your face and just cry out before the Lord. Not because, well, I just need to tell him. I need to tell God what, where I failed that. No, not because you need to tell him, but because he already knows. You see, transparency is not what you can give God. Transparency is really what God has given to us. You see, when we are convicted or touched, or impressed for change, it is not something we have discovered. This is truly a work of the Holy Spirit. Transparency is actually a gift from God. Did you know that? Because if I can respond in it, not necessarily towards man, but towards God, that's the gift of God in transparency. You see, transparency calls us what? Not to be transparent to man, but to be transparent to God. To come before the Lord and say, Lord, this is the way that it is. This is where I'm messing up. This is where I'm erring in my walk. This is where I'm frail in my spirit. This is where my thoughts take hold. You see those, those moments where you say, man, I'm just being too negative. Have you ever told yourself that? I'm being too negative. I already know where it leads from here. I'm just being too negative. Don't pat yourself on the back. That was actually an intervention of the Holy Spirit. Right? When you say, you know what, man, I'm not going to answer this call. You know, he's a good friend, you know, but I just, right now, I just don't feel like to answer him because it's a weak time for my life. Don't pat yourself on the back like I did something good. No, it was an intervention of the Holy Spirit. Because all of you wants to answer the phone. All of you wants to be negative. All of you wants to be discouraging. All of you wants to retract and not go forward. Everything about you wants to go back and not press on towards the good gift of God. But because there is intervention, that is why it says, even when we not know not what ought to pray, the Spirit of the Lord intercedes for us. The Holy Spirit intercedes for us with groanings, with words that are too, uh, uh, too deep for us to understand. That's why Galatians 4, 6 says that God sent forth His Son into your hearts crying out, Abba, Father. You got to understand there's an intervention that takes place in the life of the believer. And you're saying, Lord, uh, you know, I believe that, that regeneration has taken place in my life. While regeneration is nothing without intervention of the Holy Spirit. For us to continually walk in the Lord, to continually trust the Lord, to continually serve the Lord. There needs to be continual intervention of the Holy Spirit. Again, transparency is not what you can give God. Transparency is really what God has given to you. Why? Because God knows all things. And that is the key here. He knows all things. So how can we, check this out, I'm going to make you laugh a little bit, and I love it when you laugh, because it makes me laugh, it makes me giggle. But look at this, how is it that we can bless God with transparency? I believe this is how Satan keeps pride in men. Right there, in that point, right there. Write that down, mark it, put a star next to it, right there. This is how Satan keeps pride in man. In the fact that we feel we are responsible in some way to the change we are experiencing. You see, when you're a transparent and you say, man, I was transparent and all of a sudden changes are happening in my life, you know, we feel in some way responsible to the glorious miracle of change that God is doing in our life. 
And just in that point alone, Satan keeps pride in you. Just in that point, you feel like you're good in some way for God. Like you assisted all of the heavenly hosts to do something miraculous in your life. You see, transparency is not about what I can give God. It's more about what God has given me. That I'm, transparency leads me to be undone before God. It does not lead me to be undone before men. It leads me to be undone before God. That is what transparency is for. So that we can be undone before God with no condemnation. Just as we are so that the Lord would say, I'm going to work on you. Okay, thank you for coming to me. But many times we become transparent before men and we forget that it was for God. The fact that I was convicted was so that I would come to God. That I would come to the Lord. That I would come before him and say, God, thank you for convicting my spirit. Thank you for alarming me in that area of my life. Now I'm coming before you transparent. Not to say that I've done something, but that I recognize that the spirit that you deposited me, which is the guarantee of every believer. Come on, somebody bless the name of the Lord. That guarantee in my life has alarmed me. You ought to thank the Lord that God set up an alarm inside of you. That you didn't have before you met him. He, he, he got in your system and he downloaded an application, a heavenly application, which is what? The guarantee of the Holy Spirit. The knowledge of the Holy Spirit. That there is something at work in us. Amen? And that is the person of the Holy Spirit. Amen? And so at this point, when once we start realizing the reality, the conviction we felt about the ugliness in our hearts. Look at this. The spiritual hindrances we were facing and the unpleasing things before God we realized was actually the work of the Holy Spirit. So then at this point, if we decide to be transparent before God, it is not to tell God something he doesn't already know. But that in humility, we would accept that he knows all things so that before him in all, hol all of his holiness... So that before him in all of his splendor, so that before him in all of his might, so that before him in all of his perfection, the facade we are burdened to carry before man because we can fool man that before God, who cannot be, he cannot be fooled in our lives. Understand this church. The facade we are burdened to carry before man because we can fool man. We can fool God. But before God, he cannot be fooled. Your facade does not work with God. I just, I just want to put that out there. Your mask is garbage with God. The way you cover it up before man, when it comes to God, as you don't want men to see you, God sees you. I, I just want to, just, is that okay if I say that? that oh, Pastor, you're my feelings, you just as you are, God sees you like that. Man, I have a bad attitude. Hey, hi, brothers. God bless you, brother. Amen. God says, I know what attitude you're talking about. You see, the brother got the good attitude. They say, oh, man, brother's so nice. He's so nice. You know, I just said, deep down, the Lord is convicting you. You say, no, you're not. No, you're not. No, you're not. You know, deep down inside, you talk bad about him when you get home. You know, deep down inside, you got ill feelings about everybody inside the church. Deep down inside, you know, you talk bad. Deep down inside, you know, you have bad thoughts. Deep down inside, you know it. And there you are receiving a compliment. You're like, that ain't me. So. Nope. But you smile anyways. Deep down, you're saying, Lord, have mercy. But you're smiling. It's because we are burdened to carry this facade before men. But before God, we cannot carry something or be something because God is not fooled. He is not mocked. So we would begin to live willingly. If we would begin to live willingly, holy, 
utterly undone before God without reserve or trying to hold anything back as we are because transparency is not something we give God, but it is the fruit given to us as a gift by the intervention of the Holy Spirit. The fact that the Holy Spirit is working in your life, it gives a fruit of intervention. You know, that the fruit of the Holy Spirit intervenes. It shows you where you need to be convicted at, where you need to be alarmed at in your thoughts, in your speaking, in your speech in the way that you function, in the way that you reason. And, and you know, at the moment that we, we receive intervention, it was only because of the fruit of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And I want to just focus for the next couple of minutes because this is where I'm going to conclude at. I want us to open up in the book of Psalms 139. Psalms 139. And I didn't give verses because we're going to read the whole chapter. It goes as follows. It says, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up, you discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all together. You hem me in behind me and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. And that means in hell. If I make my bed even in hell, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light about me be night. Even the darkness is not dark to you and the night is bright as day for darkness is as light with you. For you formed my inward parts You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. If I could count them, they are more than the sand. I awake and I am still with you. Oh, that you would slay the wicked, O God. O men of blood, depart from me. They speak against you with malicious intent. Your enemies take your name in vain. Do I not hate those who hate you, O Lord? And do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with complete hatred. I count them my enemies. David goes on saying, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. And see if there be any grievous way in me And lead me in the way everlasting. When we have come to know the ability of our God. And I'm about to finish. When we have come to know the ability of our God concerning our being. Hidden. Hiding is no longer an option. You know. The fear of being found out slips away. Not because we have come to peace with the wrong in our lives. But because nothing can be hidden from God. Look what Hebrews 4.13 says. It says, nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Hebrews 4.13. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and exposed before the eyes of Him to whom we must give an account. Here in Psalms 139, we read what will in hopes change your perspective of your God. And how repeat does not have to be in your life, church. 
You don't got to continue, uh, continue repeating in your life old habits and old ways. You can change that tonight. You can make the commitment tonight to end the repeat of your life. Repeat does not have to be your life. You can give it up tonight. You can close the chapter in your life finally tonight. You can let those hindrances go. You don't need to put it off and act as if there's nothing bothering you spiritually. You can finally let it go tonight. Why is that? Again, when you know who your God is, when you know who your God is, there's no reason to hide anymore. And I don't know if anybody has ever told you who God is. But I just want to give you a little bit of who God is. So that you would be encouraged that you don't have to run no more. You know, the, you know there was a brother that was always around me. And, you know, I carried him with me. And, you know, and every now and then a bad word would come out. You know, oh, pastor, I'm sorry. You know, I'm sorry. And, you know, forgive me. And I said, that's all right. You know, you, you know you're learning how to stop cussing, you know. And oh, my bad, you know, pastor, my bad. All of a sudden he started to get good at it. To where he didn't cuss in front of me no more. But I knew he still cussed away from me. <laughs> right? He, Nothing is hidden before the sight of God. And at times we can get really good at hiding it from men. But we got to start getting to that place where we feel okay to be embarrassed before God. Listen here, listen. It is okay to feel the burden before God. Because I would rather you feel it before God instead of feeling condemnation before man. Just as you are before God. Look at this. What are we going to learn from our God? There are four things that the first 18 verses give us. And I want to give it to you quick. Let's read verses 1 through 6 together. What does it say? Oh Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all together. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. First off, you got to know about your God. He's omniscient. Amen. He's omniscient. Your God is omniscient. Verses 1 through 6 describe to us a God that's everywhere. But not only that, a God that knows all things. Amen? He's a God that knows all things. He says, Lord, you have searched me and known me. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all together. The Lord knows it all. He is omniscient. He knows everything. Nothing is not understood before God. God understands all things. He knows all things. Everything is in the light before God. Now you might not understand why you had to go through what you went through when you were a child or in your marriage or in your relationship or in your job or as a financial provider, whatever the case may be. But God knows. And see, that is why it is so important to trust God. Because He knows all things. He is omniscient. Not only is He omniscient, but number two, about your God, He's omnipresent. Not only does He know all things, but He's everywhere. Amen. Look what verse 12 says. Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I free from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I ascend, if I make my bed in hell, you are there. If I take wings 
of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as day, for darkness is as light with you. God is everywhere. In your dark, in your light, God is everywhere. In your joy, in your pain. Just let me put it like this. God was everywhere. God is everywhere. And God will be everywhere. So what you were and where you were and what you did before coming to Christ, God was there. And then now that you're in Christ, God is here. And where you will go in the Lord Jesus Christ, God will be there. There is never not a moment where we can say, where can I go from your spirit? I know where. David said, where shall I go from your spirit? And he named it all. He named it all in a general perspective. If I go to heaven, you're there, obviously. <laughs> if I make my bed in hell, you're there. If I take up wings in the morning and dwell in the uttermost part of the sea. In other words, if I dwell where man cannot reach, you are there. Even your hand shall lead me. Surely the darkness shall cover me. And the light about me be night. Even when you can't choose for the light to be on or off. When it is dark and that's the way that it is. Even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as day for darkness is as light with you. God is everywhere. He is omnipresent. Not only that, number three, He knows us. Verse 13 through 16 says, For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately Woven in the depths of the earth, you saw my unformed substance, and in your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. Just look at that. God knows you. He knows your previous days, and He knows your days ahead. He formed you intricately in the depths of the earth. In the womb of your mother, He took His time. You know, every time that they put that, uh, you know, for me it wasn't available. But the ultrasound, you know, on maybe my mama's tummy, you know, to kind of see some image or to hear the heartbeat. They were hearing God at work. They were hearing God at work. And in that secret place, he calls it, for you formed my inward parts and you knitted me together in my mother's room. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. But look at this. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret. In other words, who I would be, where I would go, what I would confront, the things that I would go through was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret. You know me. You know me. When you stand before God and you start realizing that ugly heart that you're dealing with or those ugly thoughts that you're dealing with or those habits that you have or that brokenness that you've been carrying, don't stand before God as if it is a surprise to God. Stand before Him and say, God, you know me well. And right now, God, I'm re right here before you because there are things that I'm going through that I don't even understand about myself. But my trust is in that you know me well because you made me. You made me. Pastor, I have this hurt in my heart. I don't know why it's there. God knows why. And if you seek God continually and His presence... He can bring healing in that area of your life. You don't have to keep the repeat button on. It can end tonight if you want it to. Because God knows you. He knows every hard wire that connects to the hard wire. 
He knows every instance that created that domino effect. Everything that has taken place in our life has been intricately woven together. God knows you. We are not a surprise to God Almighty. Number three, he knows us. Number four, and I finish here. Knowing us, God does not abandon us. Look what verses 17 and 18 says. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. If I would count them, they are more than the sand. Now look what David says. I awake and I am still with you. Look at that. David said, I get up, I wake, and I am still on your mind. <laughs> I don't care where you are, I don't care where you've been, I don't care how you've messed up. Know that every day you wake up, you are still with him. And he is still with you. And he doesn't abandon you. That is why it is impossible for the child of God to ever live in condemnation. Not because we are removed of everything we do wrong. No, because we wake up to new mercy. We wake up every day to new mercy and fresh grace every day, working on our behalf. This is what God wants to, us to understand because for you to agree to say, I no longer want my life on repeat, it's going to take for you to start saying, God knows it. So why repeat it? What, what reminds us to repeat in our life is the fact that people don't know it. And because people don't know it, we say, one day, one day, I'll just deal with it one day, one day. But God is saying, since day one, since the moment spiritual intervention happened in your life, that was the day I wanted to set you free. Mom smoked before coming to the Lord. Mom, did, mom and dad did drugs before coming to the Lord. Understand this. They did drugs before coming to the Lord. Before coming to the Lord, there hadn't been an intervention to happen. It was when they figured out that it was wrong, that something needed to change. And they, they couldn't die in that. They, they had to change that in their life. They heard the gospel. They received Christ in their lives. And mom said, dad was the one that came up to the altar first. But mom would always say, well, I'm not going to be a hypocrite like you. Always giving my heart to Jesus and always going back and giving my heart to Jesus and going back. It wasn't until mom figured out that there was a real struggle with what, what she had to let go of. And what she had to let go of wasn't going to happen before coming to Christ. It was going to happen coming to Christ. And what she found convicted of that it needed a change was a spiritual intervention. It was an intervention of the Holy Spirit. And I'm telling you something. That thing that you're thinking about right now that's been on repeat for years or months or weeks. Just know this. That wasn't a thought for you to just say one day I'll deal with it. No, that was the Lord in his person through the work of the Holy Spirit telling you that day that it was time for freedom to come to your life. Now you're here right now saying, Pastor, I have been struggling with it. I have been dealing with it it has been hard it has been heavy on my spirit what do I do become undone before God that's what you need to do become undone be nothing before God that he would be everything to you we literally coming to Christ have to become nothing so that he can become everything we have to become nothing before his presence. I'm nothing before him. Still to this day, I remember the, you know, a couple years ago, uh, as we stepped into pastoring, I was praying here in the front and I was saying, Lord, you know, do this, God. Work in my life, Lord. You know, just pour your word into me. You know, give me that spirit of eagerness, Father, to just serve you. And God is saying, don't ask me for what you want to be. Ask me to, ask me to remind you that you are nothing. 
that you're nothing before my presence, that I am everything good in your life. I am everything good in your mind. I am everything good in your spirit. I am everything good when you're playing that instrument. I am everything good when you are speaking. It is me in you. At no point is it you. And at some point, you're going to have to realize, if I'm going to get over this, if I'm really going to find freedom from this bondage in my life, i got to become undone before God. i got to respond to the spiritual intervention that's taking place. Saying, Pastor, man, you opened up a can of worms tonight. Because I'm going home and I'm going to start thinking about all, think about it. And I pray that you get on your face and that you would cry. That you would cry and you'd say, Lord, I'm tired of this. That you would cry and you'd say, I'm tired of it, Lord. I don't want it in my life no more. I'm sick of it. I'm tired of going back and forth. That you would respond to intervention tonight. And that finally you would decide to take the repeat off and start moving forward. That song that was on the track there, it goes, Come out of hiding. We can't hide nothing. Come out of hiding. There's no need to hide anything. He knows it all. And here we are tonight and we're saying, Lord, you know it all. This is where it starts. This Sunday, I want to I continue on with what God has given me. But I want you to just stand to your feet right now and just raise your hand as the Holy Spirit is convicting. The Holy Spirit is doing a work right now that money can't buy. This is an intervention of the Spirit of God. I will declare it and I will say it with confidence. You are burdened in your spirit about some things that you are tired of already. What 2021 holds for you is going to take for you to finally close some chapters. Now I'm not saying that in the future time God will not reveal some things in your life in new seasons but I'm saying right now in this season can you realize can you see how you cannot move forward if what God is revealing in this season you do not change you can see it you can feel it you're saying okay God I see it, it, it it's so clear it's so clear that if I don't respond to this intervention I will never get past this point in my life. I need to respond to what the Holy Spirit is showing me. This needs to change in my life. I need to get serious about this. I need to take that first step of faith and saying no more. Transparency before God because that is my gift from God. Amen. Amen.